0: First John chapter 4, we'll go to verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, rather they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. This is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now. Everybody say even now. Already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children. And have overcome them. Because greater, somebody shout greater, greater Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 6 and 7 says this, humble, everybody say humble. humble, humble yourselves therefore under the The mighty hand. Everybody say the hand. Humble yourself. Abase yourself. Have reverence. Be willing to release everything under the mighty hand of, of God. That he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. I just want to preach just for a few moments tonight. Well, it's probably going to be a little longer than that, but uh, I I just want to talk to you tonight from this thought. Get your eyes off the ceiling. Get your eyes off the ceiling. Would you put your Bibles down, lift your hands with me. Let's ask the Lord to help us today. Father, you're so good in this house today. I praise you for what you're going to do, God. I praise you, Lord, that you're going to move in this house. God, we bind every spirit of doubt, fear, confusion, every spirit that exalts itself above your knowledge. We take authority over it right now in the name of Jesus. God, right now, do what only you can do, God. I pray that we could rally our minds, that we could bring our faith together tonight, God, that somehow we would open the heavens, Lord, with our voices and with our faith, God. Lord, do what only you can do in this place today. And, Lord, we'll give you praise and we'll give you glory in Jesus' name. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Now, would you really put your hands together and shout to the Lord today? On that was good if you were at a ball game, but there's no comparisons. Come on, I want you to shout like you love him today. Come on, I want you to shout like you love him today. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. You you may be seated tonight. We we know that God that God is a spirit. That no man has seen Him. But when God describes Himself, He describes Himself with attributes like we have. And I I don't want to get on all of them tonight, but a couple of my favorites is one of them is His memory. The Lord has a unique ability with His memory. Because we as people, we always remember what hurt us. The bad things about people. But God's memory, God's memory. He's got the ability to forget the bad things in your life. And he said that that he would would cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. In the sea of forgetfulness. God's got a unique ability to forgive and forget. Isn't that incredible? I thought y'all would run the aisles on that one. But that's pretty... That, that's pretty good that God can forgive and forget. But I, I love his memory because I remember Zion. Zion, Zion had turned their praise song into that they were feeling lonely and they felt like God was going to forget them. But the Lord said, You know what? A mother, a chi- a mother might forget her child, but I won't forget thee. I've engraved thee on the palm of thy hand, and I'm thankful Tonight that the memory of God. He will forget the bad things about us. But he will never forget us. I love the memory. The memory of God. We're going to talk tonight about a few of those attributes that I like. And one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. is 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9. It said for the eyes of the Lord. They run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in, everybody say in, in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Now you've you got to understand this. He, he's not just saying that you could be perfect. He's talking about a heart that is pursuing him with perfection. That means there's nothing in your way of the pursuit of God in your life. And the Bible tells us that the eyes of the Lord is looking to show himself strong. Now I want you to see the contrast between the two spiritual worlds or the two kingdoms that we face. Job said this, and he said, the Lord said unto Satan, which comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down it. I want you to realize that God is always looking from a position of authority. He will always be looking down at the devil. And you need to realize that today. that there's. I hear people saying we need to know the the, the, the the name of the spirit that holds this city. I want you to understand even though that might be good. And that sounds good with spiritual warfare and I believe in spiritual warfare. But I want you to realize there's not a co-equal to God. There's not a stronghold to the Lord today. Are you hearing me? And just because it sounds good doesn't mean that that's something that we need to build a doctrine around. Now listen to me. What do you mean by that? Remember in in Revelations, I think it's one somewhere in verse 18, it talked about Jesus, that he had the keys to death and hell. That Jesus went. When he resurrected, he went right into hell and took over the keys to death and hell. But then we find where Peter, when when the Lord looked at his disciples and said, who do men say that I am? They said some say that Isaiah, some say that's Elijah some say you're one of the prophets Uh, this is who you are but who do you say that I am? And Peter said thou art the Christ the son of the living God. He said thou art right you are right Peter. He said my God and upon this rock because flesh and blood has not revealed to you this uh, upon this rock I will I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and whatsoever you buy Mind on earth shall be bound in heaven whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven he gave Peter the keys to heaven see let me tell you something about preaching I hear preachers saying all the time we need to we need to penetrate hell let me tell you something no 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 we preach to open heaven. We we better get an understanding here today that our problem is we spend more time looking at the opposition. We spend more time giving credit to what is aggravating us and what is penetrating our minds and our hearts. But God is looking for a church whose posture is the will of God tonight. So the Lord looks at Moses and he said, Moses, I want you, I want you to understand something. He said, listen to me. He said, I, when I look at God, when I look at my people, he said, I've heard, I've heard their cry and I've seen their afflictions. And can I tell you the challenge of this church, the challenge of this church is not to only hear your affliction and your cry or see your affliction and see yourself crying. The challenge of this church is being able to hear what what God wants you to hear and see what God wants you to see come on are you there You gotta open your heart and begin to see life the way God desires you to see life. In first John 4, the Lord is speaking to them, and He's talking to them. Not every spirit that says they're of God is of God. You need to learn how to try the spirit. He said, There's there's a spirit of a false prophets. That are in the world And that they're preaching And let me tell you You want to know what false prophets build their foundation or their doctrines on Go read it in Matthew 24 You'll find out right when the Bible said that many were offended Then they said they opened themselves up to false prophets Because offense is the door that swings open to the false doctrine And I'm telling you, listen to me Listen, you better make your mind up today that you refuse to be offended. can't get offended and john gets in and he's telling them this this these false prophets he said the antichrist he said this spirit of the antichrist that's 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 coming into the world and said matter of fact it's here right now it's overtaken many he said but you've overcome him little ones you you've overcome him because greater Everybody say greater Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. you got to see what John was saying here. John was saying there's going to be something inside of you. There's going to be an unction inside of you. And I want you to understand tonight that God doesn't need your eyes. But you need God's vision. you don't need your eyes but you need to be able to look at things the way God looks at them you, you, you need to see things in your life that you're missing because you're looking at the devil you're looking at the situation you're looking at the trouble you're looking at what you're facing you need to start looking at your life the way God wants you to look at it Jesus told them, Jesus told them, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth that it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. God was telling us right now it's expedient that I go because I'm with you now. But I shall be in you. And I'm going to tell you the greatest thing that we could ever do is make our minds up that we are going to get inside of us that we are going to get God inside of us so strong that when we walk to our workplaces we see what he desires us to see and when we're at our jobs and our schools we're not looking at what's opposing us we're looking at the God that is behind us Come on, you and I'm not trying to bring glory to him. And I but I want you to understand today, you want to know what makes a man leave the comfort of a job that pays extremely well and depend on God. It's when you start seeing the world through God's eyes. And I'm telling this church today, God wants you to awaken and begin to see the things as God sees them. But our problem is simple. Our problem is simple. We in Pentecost, we've turned into this generation that we sing 80 love songs in our worship services. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't have no victory. Yeah. We, we're, we're, like, we're like the people. We're like Esau. We've sold our birthright. And with tears, sorrowful tears, we're seeking the Lord. We seek the Lord through sorrow. Yeah. Come on now. Listen to this. The, the disciples come back to Thomas. And they say, hey, man, this dude, Jesus, he's resurrected. He's resurrected, And man, Thomas like, I'm telling you, I ain't going to believe it. I'm not going to believe it until he shows me the nail prints in his hands and I thrust my hand in his side where they speared I'm not going to believe it until I'm able to see the pain and feel the pain. All right. Come on, man. Wow. And that's our problem is our relationship with God. We always look through the lens of pain in what we've been through. And so the Lord said, you know what? I love them enough. I love him enough that I'll, I'll go see him. And when he went and seen him, but Stephen, he didn't just go see him. The dude went through the door. I've been like, problem solved. The door was shut. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's the, that God will step through a door that has been shut through unbelief to convince you. But he gets in there and he looks at Thomas and he said, Thomas look at the nail scars in my hand Thomas feel that feel the spear that the, the, the scar the wound because see some people can only serve God through wounds but that's not the people that possess the land because the Lord looked at him and said, Simon you or Thomas you believe because you've seen but there's a generation that's not going to. they're not going to serve me through pain." they're not gonna serve me through sorrow and i'm gonna tell you right now this church needs to have a switch turned on in it you you need to go from seeing god through your pain to start seeing god through your promise you're not hearing me you want to know why i can make it because i've got enough promise on me that through pain we preach from pain we testify from pain and everybody's wanting to hold on to their past and their wounds and their scars and we're like the one we're, we're like the blind man blind men those 10 lepers or not blind men 10 lepers that jesus looked at me and, and spoke hey you've been clean go show yourself to the priest and we got nine out of ten of us that's walking around we've been cleansed but we still got missing body parts because we've served him through the pain and we're going around saying you know what I was healed but through all this my my left hand's got messed up I can't do nothing for God my mind's messed up I can't do nothing for God but there was one of them that when he saw he was cleansed he looked at the one and said there's a promise there and the Bible said he went and worshipped him and he wasn't just cleansed he was made whole Come on, God needs to make your mind whole again. Some of you need to learn how to worship God with joy again. Some of you need to get out of your sorrow and get out of your pain and get back in your promise. Somebody say, I'm going to my promise. Now now listen to this. Listen to the perspective of Jesus. Hebrews gives it. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the Finish of our faith for the that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God he said I'm going to endure this because I see beyond this I, I see beyond my circumstances see some of you ain't nothing you you're no better than a meth addict. If you don't get your adrenaline, if they don't sing your song on Sunday night, if you don't get the goosebump, oh, yeah, I'm going to preach to you tonight. I love this church enough, and I've felt enough God through the preaching that we've already had to know that we're ready for this. I, I'm going to tell some of you right now I wonder if you can dance without, without a song. I wonder if you can pray. I wonder if you. I'm going to tell you right now. What you see in front of you will determine the endurance that you have in your life. If you don't see the reward, you'll never see the promise to get through it. Some of you need to say, hey, I've lost a spouse, but God's still God. Hey, my kids are messed up, but God is still God. I don't know what I'm going to do, but God is still God. Come on, give him some praise would you praise him right now? Your endurance. Your endurance will be measured by what you see. If you don't see a reason, you're not going to do it. Listen to what God said about about his people. Listen to what, uh, Jude, my favorite book of the Bible. I've never, I can can read Jude. Y'all there? Huh? I'm telling you right now, bud. I can read read Jude. Y'all still ain't got Y'all like, what chapter of Jude can you read? (laughs) Verse 5. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this. How that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And see, the trouble is, the trouble of this is your mind's got a stronghold. And instead of holding on to your past, you ought to be able to let go of it for the promise. Okay. Okay. I'm going to tell you what, I heard a preacher, big big name preacher in our movement get up and say one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. I'm talking about it it was so stupid. They probably should have took his card for saying it. Somebody walked up to him and said, my God, you know, he was preaching to youth camp. This this, this, uh, evangelist was preaching to youth camp. And he said, it ain't the will of God for you to stop at the Holy Ghost. God gave you the Holy Ghost to get more of him. And that preacher said, there's nothing better than the Holy Ghost. That's the best day they they ever had and that they will have. How stupid are you? You think God only brought you out? God never brings anything out that he don't desire to take somewhere. Okay. I I got a good denominator head nod on that one. Here's what the psalmist said about these people. He said, for they all, for all of this, they sin still and believe not for his wondrous works. He said he'd done all of this stuff for them, but they believed it not. And, and he destroyed them in the wilderness because of their unbelief, because here's the truth of the matter. If God ever brings you out and you don't get the eyes of God, you don't get the vision of God, you will be like the men in the promised land. and you and God will give you and tell you what the land is full of. And he'll leave one minor detail out. The only thing God left out about the land was the giants. He didn't tell him about the giants. Why didn't God tell them about the Giants? Anybody know why? I'm going to give you one year of Bible school right here. You want to know why God didn't tell them about the Giants? Because they didn't matter. Didn't matter. And here's what they do. They come back and they, they said, we are as grasshoppers in our own sight. We can't take that land. Well, it's just like God described. But here's our problem. Instead of seeing promise... They saw opposition. You're not hearing me. And tonight, tonight, we're going to face the giant that's in this church. And you will determine what you're looking at tonight. You're either looking at yourself or you're looking at God tonight. Listen to what Jesus said. He looked at a group of people and he said, say not ye. He said, I know it's not the season you think it is. But say not, ye, there are four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. And they were saying, that's what we're doing. No, you're looking with the wrong vision you need to see them like I see them for they are white and all ready to harvest and he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together herein is that saying true one soweth and another reapeth I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor other men labored and ye have entered into their labor somebody needs to lift up your eyes and look on the fields well i look at my life and there's no way it's ready for harvest i look at my finances there's no way i can give i look at everything around me there's no way i can do it you're looking through the wrong eyes listen as long as you said i can go for hours I, I, I ain't got nothing else to do. I ain't leaving till in the morning. Come on. As bad as I hate it, I'll even let my wife dry. John six is a unique chapter because this is where we see Jesus setting up his people, and he set them there, and and, and it's a it it, it it it's it's the feast, and 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 he's he's got them sitting there, and and he's preaching to them, and. He's looking at them, and he 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 looks at he looks at Philip, and he said, "Philip, he said, we need to buy some bread, and feed these people." But here's the problem: when God asks a question, He knows the answer, and the Bible tells us He didn't ask Him this just out of some some real need. Him this because he already knew the scripture says this, he already knew what he was gonna do, yeah. Yeah. and he was testing Philip to see how Philip would handle insufficiency. Wow. Think about that. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. Isn't it amazing, Isn't it amazing. You can look over your life and you can see everything that you don't have. But God can see the one thing that you do have and you're hoarding. And he was like, if we're going to be able to break the mindset, we got to make you understand what insufficient funds really looks like. Philip's like, hey, we got this much money, but that's not enough to feed 10,000 Hondurians. Is that how you say it? Okay, tell me how you say it. Hondurans. Hondurans. Say that, what you said, in Spanish, though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he, he, he is testing him. And, 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 and Philip's like, I don't know what we're going to do. And here comes one of them. He said, I tell you, Lord, he said, you know what? We, don't, we might not have enough money. He said, but there's a lad over here. He's got five loaves and two fishes. Uh-huh. And Philip's looking at money and he's looking at this, this, this lunch thinking, going to do with that but you don't see it the way God sees it because this is about to be put in the hands of something that's supernatural God God saw two two, two fishes and five loaves but he was thinking if I get my hands on that all I need, all I need is to get my hands on it. Hey, bring that lunch box. I don't know what it looked like. And when we were say five loaves, it ain't five loaves you bought from Brookshire. It's a size about that big, about that big, that, that right there. How big is that? I have no idea. Yeah, whatever. He, he's sitting there looking at that lunch. He gets in his hands. and Man, he starts blessing it. God bless it, And he looks at his disciples. And he starts distributing to them. And says, now that it's touched my hands, I'm going to put it back in yours. Now that it's touched my hands, I'll put it back in yours. Oh God, have mercy. And, and 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 it will last and not only man, it was just five it was more than 5,000 people there. But that little insufficient amount when it was put in God's hands. God says because they put it in my hands. Oh sweet Lord God. God said because they put it in my hands, I'll put it back in their hands. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know how low how five, five or two two fishes and five loaves turns into 12 baskets. But all I know is at the end of the miracle, there's not just going to be enough to take care of the world. there's going to be enough to take care of the church. No hey I took a church we were 4.9 million dollars in debt and they told me I was crazy. We didn't give anything to missions They said you're crazy we got too much debt let's get our debt taken care of and we'll take but we didn't have enough money to take care of our debt but when you start putting your insufficiency in the hands of God, God says, I'll put it back in your hands and not only will you take care of the world but you'll take care of yourself. Here's what here's what gets me, man. The prophet shows up. Listen, what listen in, in, in 1 Kings 17? The prophet shows up. And, and this lady's there. And she all she's got she's got a little meal and some oil. That's it. A little meal in a barrel, a little bit of oil. And the prophet looks at her and said, Hey, go fetch me some water. Uh-huh. Go get me some water. Yeah. And this this lady runs. She but, but Stephen, she had no problem going to get water. She's like, Man, yeah, I'll go get some water. Let me get you this little cup. I'm going to go get you some water. And while she's going to get the water, he says, I'll tell you what you need to do. He said, bake me a cake. Me a cake. Yeah. And she said, hold on here. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That water was at a corporate well. Yeah, there's plenty of that. <laughs> I, I know how you are. Somebody, somebody, you see somebody. Yeah, I, I, my, my son the other day. My son, my son. My, son's a, my son loves people. And there was a guy asking for money. And my son... My son gave him twenty dollar bill. Gave him 20, took his wild out, gave that dude twenty dollars. I mean, I was thinking, my God, this is a proud moment. My son taking care of the, taking care of, taking care of the need right there. Way to go, Layton, Twenty dollars, but that's awesome. Then he called his mama, Jason. He called his mama. He said, "Hey, mom, I gave somebody twenty bucks to buy some food. Homeless man. He said, I gave him twenty bucks, twenty bucks to buy some food. He said, put twenty dollars on my dresser, and pay me back, please." This, this lady was like yeah, you're asking from the well man I'll give you water from the well I don't own this but that, but that meal and that oil hey all I was going to do was when I got this water for you I was going back to my house and I was going to make this and I was going to eat it and me and my kid was going to die here's what's so crazy is she knew she knew she was still going to die she knew what she was hoarding was not enough but the prophet looked at her and said well i'll tell you what you do go make me a cake anyway and the lord said if you go make me a cake the meal and the oil will never run out until the heavens open up with rain listen to me listen to me listen to me don't you just send them to the corporate well you need to look at your little insufficient and say i'll tell you what i got miracle in this I, I've got a miracle in this I, I've got a miracle number third man I'm so I'm, I'm brilliant my mind bro it's like Chester Wright Raymond Woodward who else is smart in our movement? I, anyway I'm being ignorant my wife says that's usual. My, l- listen, listen. Luke 18, it, it's a crazy story. Rich, young, ruler. Uh-huh. How many of your girls want to meet him? <laughs> Th- thank you, Joseph. <laughs> so be it. This is rich. He's young. Listen, he's rich, young, and he keeps all the commandments. And the Lord looks at him and says, hey. Or he goes to the Lord and said, "I want to inherit eternal life," and the Lord said, "My God, just do this." He's like, "Man, I've done that since my youth." And then he goes, he said, "Well, you got you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and follow me." Now listen, everything we would we preach would be messed up right now if that dude followed him. We would have had thirteen disciples or apostles at that moment. And I, I, I used to preach a message called. Restoring the 13th apostle. Because the number thir- 13 means rebellion. I-, I want you to understand about this generation. This generation will never be known for the commandments that they keep. But they they'll, will be known what they refuse to give. And I'm going to tell you, I have people tell me all the time. I said, I said God's not legalistic. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, yes, he is. He's so legalistic that he do not put a percentage on it. He just says all. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. If you're going to serve God, you're going to serve him with all. That's right. Am I boring you? You, you, You're going to have to give all. And I know you're sitting here, man, about money. No, no, no. You're a doofus. You're so spiritually unplugged that unbelief has gotten you so messed up that you think, all oh, we're talking about money. You want to know why you think it's just money? Because money's a God to you. You said, well, I don't have it. Listen, listen, it's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. You're like, ah, oh, he just, he's just trying to get, No, oh, no, 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 this is much. Let me tell you something. Your, your pastor would trade dollar bills for Bible studies any day of the week. All right, I preached all of that to say this. <laughs> I preached all of that to get to where I am right here. I want you to understand this right here. If you, I want you to lean in because I'm preaching to this church right now. This is the word that God gave me for this church. This is one of the greatest apostolic demonstration churches I've ever been. Your, your, your bishop, Brother Simon King, preached for me Sunday. I think it was last Sunday. I think. I can't remember. I think it was last, was it last Sunday. I, it was last Sunday. And he told a story about bishop preaching revival. And I'm telling you, you listen to me. This church, ever since I've known, has been on fire, revival, supernatural power in the altars. This church has no problem hearing from God. This church just has a problem of seeing it. Come on. Listen, Come listen, listen, listen to me. Come on, bro. The, the, those, these guys, man, they heard that Jesus was in this house that was packed. Right. So these four guys pick up this dude. That's right. And when they get to the house, are you hearing me? They get to the church having church. Jesus is preaching. They can't even get in the house. Now, nothing's going on in the house. There's not a miracle happening. All he's doing is preaching. So these guys are like, well, I know this house. And and he's probably preaching in that corner. So let's climb on the roof. And we'll tear the roof off and we'll lower this dude down. Are you hearing me? And they climb on this roof. They tear it off. They start lowering this dude down. Jesus sees this man. And the scripture says Jesus looked up and he saw their faith. But the only way he sees their faith because he didn't respond to need. He responded to faith. He didn't respond to the need in front of him. Oh, you're not hearing me. And see, that's the difference between a church that can hear from God and a church that can see it. It's because what, what Jesus, he didn't look at there. He looked up and when he saw faith, he had to look a little bit above the ceiling. Because faith doesn't have a ceiling. I, I, I see there's something there's a head through there I, I can see some faith through that ceiling and I'm going to tell you what's wrong with us we've built a ceiling around us because we felt like it was safety we thought that little hundred dollar bill and the savings was safety we thought all of this was safety but I'm telling you right now it's time to rip the roof off come here Stephen come here I, I, just just sit in this chair. I ain't gonna make you sit on the floor. Just sit right there. Here's Abram right here, man. This dude's just sitting down. He, here's Abram, man. That dude is praying. He's seeking God. And the Lord comes to him in a vision and says, Listen, don't fear not. He said, Abra- Abram, he said, I'm I'm your I'm your shield. I'm your exceeding great reward. He said, I'm everything. And here's Abram. And Abram looks up and says, Well, God, I don't even have a son. When I die, you could give me, you could be my reward. But when I die. Everything that I own is going to one of my servants. And God said, don't worry about it, Abram. I got something for you. And he starts prophesying to him. And he said, he said this, he said, this shall not be thine heir. That That's not going to be your heir. But he, he, but but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thy heir. And then he grabs Abraham in this vision. He grabs Abraham and said, let's get out of the tent just a little bit. I got to get you out of that tent because when you look up, all you see is ceiling. He said, but can you look up and I want you to count the stars if you can. I want you to count those stars because when you remove the ceiling... when you remove the ceiling you'll start seeing something a little bit different now you won't start seeing need you'll start seeing faith it's time for this church to get out of the ceiling mentality it's time for you to say you know what we're gonna put Just say it. We're going to see it. We're not just going to speak it. We're going to do it. We're going to open up the ceiling in this place tonight. Somebody say, I want the ceiling to come off of my life. I want the ceiling to come off my finances. I want the ceiling. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with the ceiling. The ceiling limits us. Because the people of God was never supposed to live under a ceiling. We're supposed to live under the hand. Man, I think this is probably going to preach a little bit better uh, in the mirror. I should never preach a new sermon. Y- y'all got ceiling mentality. I got hand mentality. You, man, we love to preach. Man, I can't be plucked out of his hand. I can't be plucked out of his hand. And you read Romans eight it to tell you there ain't nothing that can pluck you out of the love of God. If you're in His hand, you are in His hand. Jude tells us the only thing that can pluck you out of you out of the love of God is yourself. He said you separate yourself from the love of God. The only the only way to get out of this church is you got to walk out of this church. The only way to get out of this church is you got to be like the prodigal and walk out. We love to talk about the hand of foundation, but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to see a ceiling. I want to see the hand of sufficiency I want God to walk around with me like this my feet is stable everything above me is taken care of when it's over my head it's still under his feet his hand is my ceiling his hand is my ceiling Somebody say his hand is my ceiling. His hand is my ceiling. His hand is my ceiling. It, it, it. Come on. It's ab- Where's his hand? It's above the stars. <laughs> is his hand just over my head? No, 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 no. His hand's covering the whole church. It's the whole body that's under that hand. It's the whole world that's under that hand. The earth is, and I tell you, it ain't just under his hand, it's under his feet, the earth. That's why he don't he don't let me tell you something. This dude don't have an ounce of fear walking into Honduras and looking around preaching the gospel. You want to know why? Because he's not covered with the cord, he's covered with a hand. Man, I went through the worst storm of my life a few years back. And I, I'll never forget, man. I walked around. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth I'd walk around Pastor St. Claire, I felt like I was always Under a shadow of something And man I went to prayer Because I was thinking God this darkness That's covering my life This darkness God You got to get it off my head I feel heavy I don't know he any And man Stephen He spoke so clear to me He said son How would you al- how, Why would you allow the devil To make you think He's got the power To put darkness over you he said that's not darkness son that's the covering of my hand walk with faith don't walk with sight because I am sufficient for this moment can I tell this church listen to me we got to get out of the ceiling mentality you know what the ceiling mentality is just coming to this church and not being involved you know what the ceiling mentality is surviving on the prayers but not knowing the prayer room you know what the ceiling mentality is being blessed, but never blessing. I'm preaching. I was preaching. No, I didn't mean that. I was preaching. I meant I was preaching two Wednesdays ago. And I, I preached this word to our church, not this sermon, but I preached this scripture. I, was, I wasn't even going to put it in this this message I was preaching tonight. i have not preached this anywhere. Okay? This is for you tonight. i not preaching this anywhere. I didn't try it out. I didn't know the good points or the bad points. I don't even know if it had a point. Come on. But I'm sitting there preaching. I'm reading this scripture to our church at the end of that sermon. I'm saying, and I, man, I'm preaching. And the Lord says so clearly to me, he said, when you get to Anderson, he said, I want you to tell them that this is going to be a feast of celebration for them for years to come. I'm gonna say it, but I know you're not, I know right now. I probably out preach my anointing. I don't know. I'm gonna just say, it. I'm gonna just tell you, I believe we could pay this church off in the next four years. Yeah. Get over yourself. Let me tell you something. If you don't want to get with it, I know I'm not the pastor and I'm not supposed to say stuff like this but God will bring somebody off the streets don't you think God's put the kingdom on your shoulders tonight if you want to suck your thumb and say I can't get over what I see I'm going to tell you go ahead but some of us are going to stop looking around here See, we're good at looking at where the devil's walking but we're not good at looking at where God's looking Some of you see more devils than you do God's eyes. But I'm making eye contact with him tonight. There's going to be a feast. This is going to be a feast in this church. Go read. Go read Nehemiah 8. Go read Nehemiah 8. Go go read it. I'm going to take one verse. You ever heard these preachers get up and they they preach the living skin off the scripture? It says... For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And they preach the living skin off that. But they don't don't get what it's saying. So here's what God is saying. Now listen to me. Listen to what he said. Can you put Nehemiah 8 verse 10 on the screen? I, I want you to see this. Thank God for our media team. Don't they do good? Look at this. The Bible says, tell me when they got it. Says, then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, eat the fat, and drink the sweet. Here's what he's saying. It's Feast of Tabernacles. He said, you guys ain't been celebrating like y'all need to. Nehemiah is rebuking them because they've stopped celebrating the feast. And Ezra, I mean, Ezra's up there reading the law. He's reading the law. And he's telling them, look, y'all got to start doing this. He said, I want you to go right now. I want you to go right now. And I want you to go to your house because you've you've not eaten of the harvest. You've not partaken of what God's wanted you to partake. He said, I want you to go and I want you to eat. The fat, and I want you to drink the sweet. And he said, But in all your eating and drinking, he said, I need you to send portions unto them from whom nothing is prepared. I want you to send portions to another field that wasn't ready. Oh God. And he goes on, listen, are you there? He said, for this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I hear preachers get upset, you know, and they're talking about our joy. Well, God wants to make you happy. God wants you to laugh. God wants you to smile that joy is your strength no 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 here's, here's what Ezra was saying when you do God's will when you start celebrating the feast like you're supposed to celebrate the feast and when you got enough left over to send to fields that are not prepared he said then I'll be happy and you'll pre- you want to know? listen oh God have mercy you know where we get our joy we get our joy at our safeties in our bank accounts in our relationships around us and that's why when we're struggling with money we're not happy when a relationship's messed up we're not happy when we don't have enough stuff we're not happy because our joy is not connected with the will of God but what you got to understand is when you connect your will to God God's joy will come down to you listen, listen, listen to me listen, when that writer said humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God he was saying Make yourself a base to the hand of God. He said yield only to the hand of God. Not your bank account. Not your job. Not your relationship within your family. Don't lay down to that. Don't humble yourself to that. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Because the truth is the only ceiling that really works in our life is the one that is under God's hand. look at this church it's time for this church to have a switch in its spirit could you survive like this you better believe it you'd be in the top 1% without one change in this church but if you want to enter into the promised land where there's such a flow it's like a river it ain't no trickle of water it's like a river That is so forceful, isn't it amazing in Ezekiel when those that 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 when he was getting out in that water, that the more he got away from the temple, the stronger, the deeper the water got, and everybody was talking about, well, man, it gets deeper away from the church. No, 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 no. That's the consistency of the flow that determines the depth that goes out. Is what comes from the tabernacle and from the temple. And what I'm trying to tell you is we can create a flow that can get so deep. It can overtake Anderson. It can overtake Indiana. And see, some of you just said, No, no, no. It can overtake North America. It can overtake South America. It can overtake Central America. It can overtake the Middle East. It can overtake Europe. It can overtake Africa. Come on, are you hearing me right now? It can, it, it can get deeper, 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 deeper. Because our sovereignty, our ceiling, is God's hand.